This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge, or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Offer ends 10-23-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. gentlemen good afternoon good evening good morning good night morning. who knows what time it is in the land of youtube i'm here for the reds report of course with my sidekick or i'm his sidekick whichever way you want to put it i'm his robin to his batman it's that dutchman <laughs> carlo van der watering how are we doing all right you? yeah 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 um what, what are you drinking got, there oh, well I've, I've got um, sugar-free ribena pineapple and passion fruit because obviously when oh. you're on passion fruit 
Uh, and I've also started, which will finish, Pepsi Max Cherry, sugar-free. That's what that is. Me and you are always there, aren't we? Ah, this is it, you see. This is it. Carlo, I've got us a guest, another guest. Oh, I love it when you've got us guests. I'm doing well, aren't I? You're doing all right. You're doing all so right. Introducing without any any further ado, shall I? I've got some notes today as well. Can you believe it? I've got notes? Oh well, you you introduce them and read your notes. <laughs> all right, we are joined on the Reds Report at this time by a Mr. Anthony K. Good uh, good afternoon, Anthony. All right. Hello, good. How are you two? Yeah, we're really good. Yeah, nice to nice to have you, Carlo. Even better now. Good guest, Carl. I've done well, haven't I? Yeah, you, 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 I can't be this, can I? So just keep going. <laughs> we've just had Bogdanovich on, uh, Anthony. Did, did you play with him? Did they, did them timelines quite cross? Was striker. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think towards, yeah, I think the championship season. Was it 2007 he signed? Might have been a tad later, was it? Uh, Chris knows these things. I do know the. Well, I've got them written down somewhere. <laughs> I've got your stats up at the minute. That won't help me, will it? No. <laughs> have a look. Played with that many players, I get confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you played with any good ones? <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've got him. Yeah, I've got his debut for 2009. So that you'll have probably just oh, yeah. missed him. Oh, yeah, by, by a good while. Yeah, 2007, I left. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Right, yeah. shall we crack on? I think you should. It's nice to have you on, mate. It's good. Uh, you've been busy. Well, I have recently, yeah, because I set my own soccer academy up just before the COVID virus came in. So, just lately, the guidance rules now is you can start coaching, doing one-on-ones, individuals, and like groups of five now. So, I've been quite busy the last few days with people wanting extra coaching and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like to be busy. Carlo's busiest man in Barnsley, Anthony. I don't know if you know. He's he's always on a few few interviews. <laughs> Every time he says that, I'm just doing the job, mate. Just because you've gone back today after ten week, you know. Long <laughs> time off, ten week. I know it's been it's been difficult. It's not been uh, it's not been good. That dog of mine looking really fit, Anthony. He's a Labrador. He's he's never he's never known it so good. Uh, Anthony, we'll start at the beginning because that's where we always like to uh, like to go. Uh, at yeah. the beginning, <laughs> makes sense. Um, was it always football for you? Was it always going to be football? Was there another sport? Was there another career? No, just live and breathe football. I think from a young age, my mum told me I must have been about six, seven, playing locally, yeah. And then I got picked up to play for Barnsley Schoolboys when I was nine. I played a year above my age, so... Johnny Parkin, I played for Johnny Parkin's age group at under 10s or 11s, I think it was. And then it just, obviously, Barnsley Football Club see you playing from then and then it just just followed on. Was there, was there any player that you thought, he's on my, that's who I want to be like? I mean, Bogdanovich was saying that Marco van Basten, not literally, but a poster of him was on his wall. Don't say a Dutch, <laughs> if you say a Dutch player, Anthony, I'm just ending conversation now. Do not say a Dutch player. He's probably thinking about that Dutch team, that Ajax team, who was unbelievable. And I think that, <laughs> that team won, they conquered Europe, I think, that team. Yes. But for me, when I was younger, I used to be a striker. And my mum, being a Geordie, I used to love Newcastle. So it has to be people like Alan Shearer, Ash Spreer, team So I used to be a Newcastle fan, as well as obviously going to watch my local town for Hansley when I was younger. Of course. Um, you mentioned uh, joining... Schoolboys, we've had Colin Walker on the show. Um, I'm assuming you were part, part of that journey for yourself, early days. I think now, I think if you ask anybody who 
becomes a professional footballer, especially back in the days when I was a YTS scholar, the biggest influence on your career or one of the biggest influence is your youth coach because they instilled a bit of, it's not strictness, but there's like a big, uh, you need to be more disciplined back then and a bit more respectful. Where nowadays, I think academy players, they get it a little bit too easy. And, but that's not the coach, it's the rules now in general. It's like yeah. life in general, isn't it? everything's the same nowadays. But Colin Walker was a massive influence on me. And I think, great coach, great person. But back then, you used to think, oh my God, so strict, unbelievable. But everything's for a reason. And, of course. Of course. Yeah. And obviously, everybody mentions when they come on this show... Eric Wynn Stanley, you're obviously yeah. part of the journey for yourself as well. We, we never, we've not had a guest on Carl, I don't think, that's, that's never mentioned him. He always gets mentioned at some point. Yeah. So Eric Wynn Stanley, what, what do you think of the man himself? For me, I think he was a main part as well that Barnsley got me in because I'm from Darfield originally. Okay. And Eric lived in Darfield. Right. And uh, back in them, I think my dad at the time used to drink with him in the local pub, I think the Darfield <laughs> Longbow. If anybody can remember, and uh, I must have been about eight years old at the time. So I've known Eric and his sons at the time for quite a long time. And when I made my debut, when I was 17 in 2000, he was the assistant manager. So everything like fell into place a little bit. I, I know we'll probably go back, but just you just said you made your debut. Being a local lad, does it feel yeah. like more pressure on you? I mean, we talked about Bogdanovic coming over from Bulgaria where he played and making his debut and wanting to give 100%. Do you feel extra pressure, do you think, because this is your hometown? You can do, yeah. It, it depends. You get some, especially nowadays, you get a lot of young players who, that's probably when they're at the best because they don't feel pressure. They just go enjoy playing football. And it's only when you get older and the money comes in and then other things, you start building pressure. But I didn't really feel pressure at a young age. I think mainly what you think is, because you've got that many friends and family coming to watch the game. That's probably the only kind of pressure you have, really. But football, it's like a release for a lot of players where they just enjoy being on that pitch. It's worse watching. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're not in control or anything at that point, are you? No, that's you can affect player when you're there. <laughs> you can only control your own performance, can't you, I guess? Yeah. Um, Anthony... Like one side. No, I, I, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. I'm going to pull up your, your stats, that's all. Your appearances and your, your goals and your debuts and stuff. And then we'll, we'll just talk about that. I'll, I'll pull them up for you now. Let's have a look. See if I've got it right. Does that look all right to you, Carlo? I can read it, so that's good. Yeah. But this is a courtesy of always of uh, BFC Stats. Uh, our friend Andy, who, who does a good job. Uh, just looking at that then, Anthony. Uh, just short of 200 appearances for Barnsley, which is a very good innings. Are you, are you proud of that? Yeah. I'm very proud. I, I thought I wish I could have got a lot more and stayed. I think I had I had one full season, 12 months, when Steve Parkin was the manager. Uh, I didn't play at all. Uh, when I was young, 17, 18, you were on the bench a lot, not getting appearances. So 200 appearances are good. I wish I'd have got more goals, but towards the end, I was playing centre-half. Yeah, I can't remember Chesterfield. Another stat about that. I scored my first goal and got sent off the same game. Oh. Right. Oh, so that, that's the Chesterfield one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 2003. Well, it wasn't it... my fault. Neil Austin did a... <laughs> <laughs> Neil Austin reacted. I'd, I'd already been booked for a bad challenge. And then Neil Austin reacted. And I think I was in the melee of everything. 
and the ref just yellow carded me and sent me off. I was devastated. My first ever red card. Yeah, I bet you were. Talk us through that goal then. Uh, talk us through that first goal of yours against Chesterfield before the sending off. Uh, yeah. Good goal? <laughs> a lot of times when you score a goal, it's a blur. Afterwards, it's just like a blur and you don't realise what you've done until you watch it back. But I can remember, I think it was a corner come in and I pulled off, it bounced and I just volleyed it in the net and then just exploded with excitement. What position but, were you playing then? Was that central midfield, defensive midfield kind of area? I was playing central midfield then. I, I, at yeah. the, the younger start, I used to play attacking mid because back then you didn't really have three midfield where you'd have one holding, one bombing on. You used to have to be a midfielder, you used to have to defend and attack up, and down, up. down the air all yeah. the time. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I used to play like to start with, yeah. Yeah. You look at the stats here, so your debut, your goal. Um, is there any match besides, obviously, probably the obvious one, uh, which, which is the, uh, the, the final? We'll get any any league match that stands out for you? Maybe before, because of your performance, maybe a goal that you scored? I think, for me, the main ones, obviously, playing against Sheffield Wednesday as well. Because that's the big... I think, for Barnsley fan, that was mine anyway. My biggest... Game derby, Sheffield Wednesday for me. Yeah, of course. Well, it's not for Sheffield Wednesday. They've got your Sheffield United or and games like that. But Sheffield Wednesday, I can remember scoring a, a good goal against Sheffield Wednesday. We drew one-one at Oakwell. But for me, they used to be the big games. And obviously, playing when you played against Hillsborough, they get big fans, and the Barnsley fans used to travel in good numbers. I used to enjoy them games the most. Yeah, yeah, the rough and tumble, bit yeah. more fight. Yeah, yeah. What was the reason for you dropping back to centre-back later on in your career? Was it just the, the players that were there or was it your ability? Do you, do you think you slowed down? Do you think you became a bit more intelligent, maybe? Probably everyone. <laughs> 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 I, think, I can remember when, uh, when I was younger because the game evolves where you don't just really have centre-halves who just used to kick it and edit. But then you look at the game now, it's even evolved even more where yeah. you have... You look at types like Barcelona, where they've got Mascherano, who played in midfield, five foot nothing, playing centre-half. So yeah. I think they were just looking at people who could defend as well as pass the ball. And I played there at a younger age as well. And I think it was Colin Walker and Mark Smith, who was a youth coach at the time. I played a couple of games there. And then, there were, I can't remember, just one game. I played centre-half and done well. And then the rest is history. Glyn yeah. Hodges was the manager, actually. When right. we used to play a three, three centre-halves at the back, it used to be Neil Austin on the left, me on the right, and Big Chris Morgan in the middle. That's unbelievable. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a crazy back three, isn't it? Yeah. Even for oh. you, because Chris is an aspiring footballer in the, the Southern <laughs> League around Wath at the moment, aren't you, Chris? I know you're going to mention it, so you want to ask the question now how you can be better? Oh, yeah, Anthony, yeah. I scored 15 goals this season, uh, Anthony, for, for the cross keys. And I reckon we got four games, so I reckon I might have got to 20 this season. What position? Uh, I play just behind. I play number 10, so I play just behind <laughs> number, number 9. Every, everybody plays number 10 in the pocket. That's the, <laughs> the third position now, and it's the laziest position. It's, it is lazy. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a lot of young... I'm 31 now, so I'm like, I'm heading towards the end of my career. A lot of other lads do all running. Uh, I'm, and it really winds them up because they seem to do all hard work 
But I always seem to be the one that arrives and just, just taps it in. He's oh, what's version oh, of Johnny Parkin. That's <laughs> what he is. They, they hate it. They hate it. Like, oh, he scored again. Like, these are teammates. The, the teammates, like, he scored again. <laughs> what's that about? Um, if you were to give somebody a tip, uh, maybe Sunday league or maybe, maybe somebody starting the career, and obviously you, yourself as a, as a coach now, what kind of tips would you, would you give them? What do you think would be up there? I think this day and age, you just got to keep practicing and listening to people, listen to good coaches. Like now, everybody says that when you're older and your career's gone, it goes so quick. But I think if you've got people behind you, like, like your family, good coaches, who can drill that good knowledge into you and probably let you know that you can enjoy yourself later on. Don't go out drinking too much. Don't be doing stupid things. Your attitude, your attitude's got to be perfect on and off the pitch because everybody's looking at you, your coaches, people above them. So in this day and age, you can't get away with anything. There's that much social media. Gosh. Like back in the day, so when I first started playing 2000, if there was all this, there'd be players getting sacked. It'd it just be madness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you, you, you talked about coaches there. I just want to take through because I think... Um, we, we speak to a lot of ex-players and they talk about Barnsley, about being either the best football of their life or, you know, the highest division they've ever played. I just want to really quickly, you, you make your professional debut for Barnsley and then a couple of years later, you're player of the season and obviously uh, the League One playoff finals. Um, yeah. You then go to Tranmere and a year yeah. after you become player of the year there as well. Um, you go to Huddersfield and you help them win promotion. And then you yeah. go to Milton Keynes and you help them win promotion. I mean, yeah. that some footballers would love to have one promotion on their CV and yeah. that will be their highlight. I mean, looking, career, looking really back on a career that you've had, you know, what, what's been the highlight for you? I know maybe, is it your hometown club? Is it the fact that, you know, three, three uh, playoff wins and, and getting teams promoted? What's, what's been the overall highlight for you? There's been a few. Mainly, obviously, being a Barnsley lad, and going up through the ranks, making my debut and getting promoted with your hometown club. Of course. And you can't, not many people get promoted with the team they supported when you've got all your family, friends, hundreds of people you know go to the games all the time. That's an unbelievable one as well. Huddersfield was good promotion. But for me, I think MK might be slightly higher just in case, just for the reason why I've got a good family now. I've got a wife, I've got four children. And I think when you've got family around you, because I think I was 33 at the time, 32 when we got promoted with MK to the championship, I had all my kids there and they was on the pitch. So they celebrated with me. So for yeah. them to have their memories as well. Yeah, where right. At Barnsley, I was a lot younger. I'd just had my wife, a young child. Uh, I think my wife, my wife was pregnant with the second one, so she couldn't come and enjoy it. And you're a little bit more younger, stupid, just constantly celebrating for a long time and you don't really suck it in really as you do when you get older. Can, can I just ask as well? All that celebration with Sorry. your family so that made it a little bit sweeter for you didn't it? Yeah and just the memories for your children really because my children like I've got I've got four my oldest girl's nearly 16 I've got a 14 year old girl 12 year old boy and an eight year old girl so very busy. Wow, wow. and <laughs> you've you've played for uh, obviously, the, the teams we just mentioned. What about coaching? Now, you mentioned how youth coaches are really important in shaping the person, shaping the player that they're yeah. going to be. What about in your, in your senior career, though? Is there any piece of advice that 
you've taken from a, a, a coach or a manager uh, who managed you at the time that you take into your sort of coaching uh, uh, I've got a list, now. Carlo. Do you want a list? This, if you this want, is a yeah. list, go on. This is a list of managers. How long, that, how long have we got? <laughs> this is a list of managers that manage you at Barnsley, which I think is incredible, really. Uh, Bassett, Spackman, Parkin, Hodges, Thor Darson, Hart, Ritchie, and Davy have all managed you at Barnsley. So, anyway, yeah. back to Carlo's question. <laughs> Uh, ignore, ignore the last name on that list. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, is there is there one manager, if if you had to choose one in, in your whole career, not just at Barnes, in your whole football career, that you say, you know, the advice he gave me, that stuck with me, that made me or a better player, or that's something that I try and instill in some of the younger ones that I coach now? It, it's different because... Like football's evolved, so is coaching and managing. Like, you look at the older coaches, the old managers, they didn't really do that much coaching. They used to get the first team coach to come in. They used to just stand and watch, which if you listen to what Alex Ferguson used to do, he never used to get involved in training. He just used to watch. Yeah, yeah. But I think now you've got your coaches coming through, which are managers and coaches, and they like, they like to get involved in everyone. So... For me, really, I didn't start really wanting or thinking really about managing coaching till I was about 30. I went to MK Dons when I was 29. And then I think from then with Carl Robinson and the style of play, I'd never played in a team which had us passing the football like he did. Yeah. And that kind of opened, opened my eyes a little bit to thinking <laughs> like, wow, do you know what I mean? And I enjoyed that so much. And that kind of... Every manager has faults. Um, positive, so you just got to pick up the best ones. So you really enjoyed playing under Carl Robinson because he's yeah. an interesting character, wasn't he, at the time? And yeah. the way you play and the way his team. Were you playing centre half for them then? Yeah, that I played centre half all the time as well. And it's daft because he never played professional football in his career. So he played, I think, semi pro a few times. So for and he got the manager's job at 29 year old. So yeah, for him to do that, but it always helps when you've got the players. And we had such a good team. We were very lucky with the team we had there. And whenever there was a vacancy at Barnsley, he was always, there's always a list, isn't there, of people, oh, this person will succeed so and so badly. But Robinson was often mentioned as well in the outside betting, wasn't it? There was always something about his way of managing and, and working a team that was seen as a, as a, a suitable for, for us, although obviously it never happened. Because you look at every owner who owns football, who owns a football club or a chairman, always wants probably their team to play the beautiful game, play football. And uh, and it helps them if the fans are on their side so they're playing good football. And I think that's probably why he's so uh, thought after, yeah. yeah. Uh, we mentioned you're playing centre-back later on your career. If I were to play against you, then what, what kind of things would I need to do to cause you issues? What, what, what was the worst type of striker that you played against that you really didn't enjoy? Was it a tall lad, a quick lad, uh, somebody who played in the pocket or played on your shoulder? It's the ones who are just constantly busy, like running in behind, coming in. You look at like people like Jamie Vardy. He's the biggest nuisance ever because <laughs> he doesn't stop running. And you, yeah. you make mistakes, he'll score and everything. So, and he's got a good spring. But your perfect strikers are all played in the Premier League. They've got everything. So when you're playing League One Championship, there's always faults in certain people. And you've just got to try and pick them faults and better against them. Um, yeah. What if you had to choose... We'll do it like last time. If I yeah. if I was to ask you to set up a five-a-side team with the, the five best players that you've played with over your career, um, which players would you put into your five-a-side team? 
I need about five minutes to think about that. Right, if it, can we just talk about the Barnsley one then? If it was just Barnsley or Barnsley yeah. Goalkeeper, I'd probably have to have Nick Colgan. Good choice, yeah. Yeah. What do you penalty shoot out when it mattered? Unbelievable shot stopping, unbelievable, great character, very strong. And I'd probably have to put Chris Morgan in, not for his yep. passing ability. <laughs> compact five aside. I've never seen anybody because if you th if you look at him off the pitch, he's not that tall. He's probably no. six one. He's not that big, and he never used to lose an header. No, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. Strongest yeah. man I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Not the greatest passer, but had a great career. Played Premier League and a good person as well. Good. Yeah. Five aside. I, I play three midfield, so I play one three one. My striker. Probably a bit surprising. I played Danny Nardiello up front. Right, okay. Two footers and probably the best side foot finisher composure in 12 yard area I've seen. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Mm. Is that out of all the strikers then, that you've played where you think Nardiello is probably one of the most composed finishers? Yeah, I think he was just unlucky with bad injuries. He had, a, he had obviously a hamstring problem which troubled him most of his career, but. Apart from that, a great, a great finisher, and especially in a five-a-side team, if you give him a chance, he scores. Yeah. A bit lazy. I'll, I'll call him. I speak to Nadia all the time, so <laughs> probably get on me. He's lazy, but an unbelievable finisher. I, I think he always came over as a, a player. You, you've got some players. If you talk about Bogdanovic, he just blood, sweat, and tears on the pitch. 100% every game was a cup final. We had intelligent yeah. players like Nardiello. You know, they yeah. didn't make runs that they didn't need to, but if, if, they, if they had to be somewhere, that's where they were, and they punished, they, they punished the opposition. And, and he had that pedigree, didn't he? Yeah, when you're playing centre-half, you've got to base yourself and not making mistakes. The higher you play, if you're in the Premier League, you make one mistake, the score's simple. But the lower you go, you can't afford to make mistakes. But against Nardi, if you made a mistake and you were kind of round the goal, it it just finished it yeah. with ease. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Are you centre midfielders? <laughs> Can always remember a player when I first started playing. His name was Mitch Ward. Can you remember Mitch Ward? Mitch Ward, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. gave the ball. Never gave the ball away. I think he played for Everton quite a lot of times in his early career. Yeah. Come to Barnsley later on, and in training, he never used to give the ball away. Wow. He's, yeah. that, he's one of them forgotten players, isn't he? Because central midfield for Barnsley, they've always been, I can't say the, the grey players, but the ones you remember when you talk about the Hignets, the Howards, the Redferns. Goal scorers, yeah. the goal scorer yeah. midfielders. Yeah. The, other, the other midfielders kind of get lost in shuffle, don't they? And, yeah. and really, we've had, some, we've had some great players. Think about Mc, uh, McPhail. You played with McPhail, didn't you? McPhail, yeah. he was a similar where all left foot and he never gave the ball away. Yeah. And then he went on to Cardiff and had a great career. Yeah. But I think... Yeah. Give me three midfielder on the left. I put Brian, Brian Howard. Of Good course. friends with him, still speak to me. I think the season we got promoted, I think Brian came in the season before and did well. But then we got promoted and he had a good season. But then when we went in the championship, that I think that's when he just stepped his game up and excelled his game. Mm. He scored that great goal against Cardiff on the opening day. And then I think yep. from then he just he just carried on. He just got a couple of good moves to Sheffield United, what we'll not mention. <laughs> and then uh, went to Reading. Well, kind of like yourself, he adapted his game. I mean, you, you obviously were central and you went from you know, defensive midfield, well, attacking midfield to central midfield, defensive and all the way back to centre-back. 
he obviously yeah. were he, he were a left back, wasn't he, for a while, and and then a left a left side of midfield, and then he moved to central. And I guess good players can can adapt and overcome, can't they? And if they've got it there, yeah, certain players just excel at certain clubs. You can be a good player, go to a club, and it don't just really fit you. Then you go to another one, and then you might just excel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the right hand side. I'll put a bit of a photograph on for you, Anthony. We've been avoiding it so far. We've not talked about the playoff final just yet. Well, we, we thought we'd talk about the other things first, but I, I'll get it up. Let's have a look. Here we go. That's the celebration that have just started there. Can you just move it, move it up a bit, Chris? Because I can obviously see half on it. it. I'm <laughs> on it. Give a minute. Give a minute, Carl. There we go. I mean, what's what's happening there? We we talked to Rory Fallon about the final. He said that, that our legs are gone. Barnsley FC's legs are gone. And that we were hanging in there with cramp and injuries. What what's happening there, Anthony? Is that is that champagne or is that an hamstring or what? <laughs> yeah. For from that moment on, for two weeks, everything's a blur. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not an hamstring but, injury then. It's not. It's not. Yeah. A, it's not a pulled groin or anything. No, I think we're just Robbie Robbie Williams then and Reedy. But I think if you look at the hair, because Mark Richards Rico on our street, because we used to live in Mont Breton, and on our street. There were me, Mark Richards next door, Brian Howard four houses up, <laughs> Paul, Paul Eckingbottom two houses across, <laughs> and then Paul, Paul Reed might, might as well have lived on the street as well. So <laughs> that is probably, if you asked everybody, that was probably the closest group of lads that you can have in a football team. And the majority of them I still speak to well. Really? Yeah. But yeah, the relationship you've never lost then. They were built on the solid foundations. And yeah. obviously that had a massive effect on that team because that desire to win that day were unbelievable. I mean, Swansea just missed out on promotion. They were third, yeah. I think, and they just missed out. Uh, and I mean, that last 20 minutes, especially in extra time, yeah. it looked like we'd gone. But for some reason, we found that extra bit of energy. And I guess that, do you think that is accountable for, for that? I've watched, I've watched the game a couple of times. I didn't watch it for ages and I just watched it. And then I, I realised, especially after that, Swansea were the better team. Swansea had chances and they should have scored, to be fair. They should have scored. Want, but... I didn't want to say that, but they were. They were the <laughs> I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> Rory, Rory, Rory Fallon did say that, didn't he? When it got to penalties, he says, I knew Barnsley would win. He says, yeah. he, he knew once thought, it got to penalties. I felt the same. When you're a dominant team playing and then that moment goes and you think, oh, no. You should, they, the chances they miss, they naturally, they naturally are down. And we were thinking, wow, we've got away with this now. We've got a chance. Yeah. What a yeah. day that just, was. That, that team is just... Rory's goal. Great goal, wasn't it? Bicycle yeah. kick. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 I, spoke to, we spoke to him about it as well. And I mean, I, I was quite a young man back then. I know Carol was, was still old then. But I was young back then. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, it really upset me, Anthony. Like, it really broke my heart as, as, a, as a young man. <laughs> Uh, I finally forgave him on the podcast, but for years I hated him. He did the, he did oh. the guitar celebration, didn't he, as well? And I mean, you, you obviously play with him at youth level. That must have been a kicking tee for yourself. It is, because I was marking him as well. But, but, but you know what? But you know what, Chris? It goes two ways, because I can remember games going as an away supporter to watch Barnsley when we came up, um, and I think MK Duns was one of them, when we played, and, and Anthony was playing for the opposite team, and people saying, why did we ever let him go? Look at him, he's having a right match. Why did we ever let him go? Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the sign that 
I said before, some players at the best period of their career for Barnsley. And then, although they might have been playing, they've gone lower leagues or whatever, but actually yeah. for, for, for Anthony, um, you stayed at that level, you helped teams get promoted. And I know every time when you walk as an away support into a stadium and the team news are now saying Anthony Cahill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we know we were in for it. So, yeah. You, we, we talked about your managers earlier, and obviously we touched on one at the end. Uh, you mentioned not mentioning. Um, when your time come to an end at Barnsley, what, what was that accounted to? What, was your time just up? Were you ready for a new... Was it your, was it your decision? Or no, you, not mine. It was... No. It's kind of a, a bit of a long story where... Uh, it's because Simon Davey was the youth coach at, before he got the manager's job. Okay, yeah. okay. So then they were like... Back then, you used to go out a lot more and have a drink, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you yeah. do. That's Sparky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hadn't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he used to join in his conversations and everything. And then as soon as he got the manager's job, he just turned into something he wasn't really. Yeah. And just got everybody's back up. And you know now that to be a good manager, you have to be an unbelievable man manager. You have to manage people different. You have to be good at speaking to them, getting the best out of them. And it's just not a nice person. He used to do things, but and there come, there come a point, I did something wrong, which I shouldn't have done. And then he just outed me and scapegoated and everything. And it just shows you the, the person he is where he used to, where I was going to some football clubs to sign, he obviously heard and he'd ring them up personally and yeah. start bad-mouthing me, which... You shouldn't do that. No, no, not when it's not. It's not. It's your career. It's your life. But it's your. It's your 100%. big earner. You know, it's yeah. your that you support. That's, yeah, that's how I saw it. In. When, when, I, when I give yeah. you that list of managers, then who, who did you enjoy working with? You mentioned uh, was it Hodges and Parkin? You said you enjoyed the most. Did, were there anybody else? Did, Richie, obviously, you were very successful under Richie. Uh, mm. What was he like as a person? Andy Richie, I think Andy and Richie and Mick Holden, the assistant manager, they just worked well. They were close friends and. Yeah. The public grave is a lot more freedom than other managers. And that's why that group were just nuts. We probably, we used to do things we shouldn't, we used to go out quite, if one person went out, about 10 of us would go out, do you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. It was okay. quite, it was a close-knit group. And yeah. and Andy, he got the reins in a little bit, told us off. Rick, Rick were brilliant as well. And it, it was just a good, that season was just good. Everything just fitted in well. Yeah, it was a beautiful season. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to ask, what was that Norwegian bloke like? We as well he's on, because I've always wondered. Because as a fan, when he was appointed, that was the biggest letdown ever in my life, and that was a fan. The Icelandic, good Johnson. Oh yeah, the Icelandic. Sorry, I called him Norwegian. They're all same Scandinavian on that. What, what, what was he like? <laughs> Generalizing. I liked him a lot, mate. I liked him a lot. We got on well. It's like you can speak to some people, some players, and they think, oh, I don't like that manager. I never liked him. Or somebody will tell you, oh, they liked him. If you play for a manager and he picks you every single week, you're going to like him. Yeah, Most of the time, you're going to like it. So it's if you play. I got on with him very well. I used to play centre midfield up and down. But he's, an, he's a contrast to football. He didn't used to really want to play football. He just used to want to big physical lads and to dominate teams. And, but he was, yeah, he was an absolute lunatic. He used to throw pots of tea at you. He was, yeah, he's an absolute... He used to throw what? Boxes of tea? Uh, we were playing Swindon away and Alex Neal, manager of Preston now, yeah, yeah, sat yeah. beside me and good John Thordeson picked up the pot of tea 
poof, squeaked at him, just smashed all over the wall. <laughs> Fire he's, pot to see. He, he, he's, a, he's, a recovering, he's a recovering alcoholic. So oh. all of a sudden, he just snapped and his face, people just oh, yeah. like, oh no, oh no. But Here it goes. It's unbelievable. Another be, unbelievable character. Hard as nails. You must have come across some great characters in your time, your story, career, like, you must come up, there must be some brilliant stories. We probably could have you on here for the next three hours. And we, I want to say, I've got my five-minute warning, Chris, so you need to go to Rumble. Yeah, I've got, six, I've got six-minute warning, but we're, we're getting there. We'll just talk a bit, bit more about that penalty shootout. He's still oh, yeah. on the halfway line. What are you thinking when they're stepping up the lads? Did, did you have a, in your mind who, who would score, who would miss? Do you know what? I've never, ever took a penalty before in a game before then. We had Brian Howard had been subbed. He'd have took a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Richards had been subbed. He'd have took a penalty. And we just got in a huddle. I think it was Rick Holden who wanted to take a penalty. And in that situation, you have people who you think, strikers, who you think, he's going to take one. Yeah. Some, they didn't even, some people just scared. They don't fancy it. I just put my hand up straight away and just said, yeah. And I was number four. Chris Shuker was unfortunate. He didn't play in that final. He played in every game, apart from the semi-final final. He'd come on. What a confident player. Paul Eckingbottom took one. Mr. Carmen Collective. Uh, yeah, Paul Ayres, Carmen yeah. Collective. And Our penalty was brilliant. And Paul Ayres. Matt Fail wasn't going to miss and he was number five. Yeah. 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 Talk us through your penalty then. I just... It was kind of a lot easier for me. There's not much pressure because Nick had saved one. They'd missed two. Yeah. So I was thinking in my head, if I score this... McPhail needs to score to win. We've won it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I wasn't that nervous. I had a bit of dry mouth, which I expected with just 120 minutes of pure, with a roof on in that stadium as well. Oh, it was quite it was so hot, yeah. And I just felt confident. And then I just slotted it in. And quite a long walk. Was it quite a long walk there? There. I mean, I'm assuming the walk back was a little bit shorter. I, I never, ever walked for a penalty. But that was my first penalty. But I just jog. I have a little jog. And... It's all about composing yourself and relaxing. I'm a kind of composed character, so a little bit, but I just, as soon as I scored, I knew we'd won, so I thought McPhail's not going to miss. Yeah, of course. But then but obviously Carl, Nick saved it, well done. That way, job done and, and the elation begin. How long did the celebrations go on for, uh, Anthony? Have they, have they just finished I'll, yesterday? I'll tell you a quick story now is, my wife was due to give birth. We, was that a game on the Saturday? Yeah, it was on the Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Was it Saturday so, or Bank Holiday Monday? Can't remember. It was. It was a Saturday. Saturday. It was a Saturday because I I went to uh, the East Coast straight afterwards. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> was that the twenty eighth? Is it the twenty eighth or twenty ninth? Oh goodness! You're, you're asking me. Well, what, what happened? On, well, we played on the Saturday one. We come back. I've been out all day with all the lads all morning. Got back in at half seven in the. Was that in Cardiff? Was that in Cardiff or did oh, you come We come back to Barnes and celebrate. Okay. Yeah. So all night, all morning, I come back in the house about half past five in the morning. The missus went in labour. <laughs> she, gave, she gave birth to my second child about three hours later. I was still drunk. I couldn't stand up. They had to, they had to ring a mum. <laughs> and then as soon as, my, soon as Libby was born, I can remember opening champagne for the midwives, rang everybody. And then I went straight back out for about another two days. <laughs> Has she forgiven you yet? Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> were you not worried? Were you not worried about not being able to play? Because surely that's in your mind. Or were you always going to play? She knows. 
she, she's brilliant, my wife, at stuff like She knows that I'd have played football. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Of course. Um, uh, go on. Go on, Chris. We haven't really got on. much time with Carl. No, we can wrap it up. Two, yeah, two minutes. It's too long. We'll do that one next time, so you'll have to wrap it up. Sorry. Yeah, you'll have to come back on again, Anthony. That's yeah. fine. Anytime, just drop me a text. Enjoyed it. Of course. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Carl, do you wanna, is there anything you want to say to Anthony before? No, uh, I just, I just, and, and I've always said this. People talk about teams from the past and they talk about a promotion winning team. They talk about striker scoring goals. I think, um, and I've said it to you before, Chris, and I've said it on, on the radio when we used to have a radio show when we could go in the studio. Um, I think Bartley's, there is a catalogue of players that, to me, have always been very underrated. Um, but it's those players that make the, the heart, that, that form the heartbeat of the team. And I think any player that can get three promotions to the championship, that gets chosen as player of the season at two or three different clubs, yeah. you, you've, you've got the ultimate professional on you. And a very nice guy, plus a hometown lads to go with. So it's been... Yeah. A real, real honour today for me. Yeah. Appreciate uh, it, fellas. Anthony, it. from me, um, I guess, yeah, real pleasure. Uh, absolute hero of mine when I was a child. So it's, it's a bit of a, a culture shock. You, model, you must model your game on me with all these goals then. That's it, yeah, that's <laughs> it. I need, you, I need some penalty practice in your back garden at some point. So whenever you're ready, I'll come for a jog and we'll... Just book we'll some time with him. He's, he's got a coaching <laughs> business now. Yeah, um, you your coaching, we'll, we'll give that a plug on social media. I'm assuming that's down in Milton Keynes, is it? No, I live I live near Liverpool, like in middle of Widnes and Warrington, Cronton. I've lived here for a good 12 years now, on the okay. same state as Chris Shuker. But, uh, yeah, we'll it's... have to get him on the show as well at some point. Um, so, yeah, pretty much, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time. You are a very busy man, no doubt. Uh, and, 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 yeah, absolute hero to not just myself, not just Carlo, but many regs. We really appreciate mate. So, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Dr. Trudy Fleer here with the 5G Home Recovery Podcast. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. It's a big one. Ready? T-Mobile Home Internet. It lags. <gasps> now what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. For example, you're hitting that hot drop, the parachute cuts out, you've got an unsuspecting bot in your sights, and lag! You were actually eliminated 10 seconds ago. Nobody deserves that. So stop letting T-Mobile home internet ruin everything and switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash T-MoFacts. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping, and Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.